Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. sunshine my only sunshine you make me happy when skies are gray you'll never know dear how much i love you please don't take my sunshine away hello and welcome to yet another edition of the all-american spook show podcast this is episode 31 i remember that because we just had number 30 so (laughs) sometimes i lose track but uh this is an easier one to remember. As always, I'm Josh, and I'm joined here with my good friend Will. What's up? And the Professor Smoke. Hello. And today we're going to be reviewing slash discussing uh, another installment in the Conjuring Universe franchise. We're going to go back, which is, I guess this is a, well, how would you classify this one? This is like a prequel to a prequel that's a sequel to a sequel kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Whenever. Yeah. I know the Conjuring co- timeline could get a bit convoluted. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It was a prequel to Annabelle, and then however else you wanna. Yeah. So and Annabelle's a prequel. So it's a prequel to a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> that's this uh, the sequel of a movie that has t- uh, two or three sequels. So it's, yeah, it's it's like Inception. It's 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 like the tenth level of the Conjuring universe here, but. Um, we're, of course, we're going to be talking about Annabelle Creation from 2017. I'll, I'll say it on Front Street this time because sometimes I leave it off until about we're about halfway through the podcast. We are a spoiler-filled podcast, so if you, for whatever reason, you're, you've caught on to this and you're listening and you have not watched Annabelle Creation, unless you just have no interest in uh, finding a way to watch it, um, we're going to spoil it, so you should probably go out of your way to go find a copy of it somewhere. I don't, which I'm not sure if this was streaming anywhere, like, you know, at least not like a Netflix or Hulu or anything, right? I think it was, this was one of those ones that you kind of have to either own it or uh, be subscribed to like Stars or HBO or Showtime or something like that to watch, I'm pretty sure, right? But other than that, yeah, uh, you should definitely try to get a, get your hands on a copy of it before you listen to the rest of this podcast so we won't spoil the shit out of it for you. But as always, you can find us if you want to email us, you know, with any comments or uh, anything like that. Just, you know, you just want to send a shout out. You can email us at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at AA Spook Show. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You can find us by searching All American Spook Show. We have a T Public page, which you should be able to find, you know, fairly easily. Just uh, search All American Spook Show on uh, T Public, and there you can get T-shirts and 
other things with the logo on it and uh, whatever else we throw up there. Well, Smoke, you uh, were working on something new, right? The listener can uh, go and find, right? Yeah, on uh, Spotify. Created a playlist on there called All American Spook Show Soundtrack. Pretty much any any show that we've covered on, on any episode, various themes, you know, the theme songs to that movie, songs that we talked about in the podcast, or incidental music that, that you know you queued up in the podcast. So it's the All American Spook Show Soundtrack, and you can just search that up in Spotify search window and it'll should pop up along with all of our all American Spook Show podcasts in the search. So you'll see it. Uh, username is the professor. Like I said, there's probably a million professors out there, but but uh, if you just search up All American Spook Show podcast soundtrack, you'll find it. And not to blow smoke up smoke's ass, but uh, I've actually listened to a good portion of it, and it's really good. I mean, I think you did a good job on the on the compilation there, man. So. Uh, if you're a fan of the Spook Show in any way and you've been listening to us, you want to go check it out. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty cool little soundtrack if you just want to have it in the background while you're working or uh, in the car or whatever, man. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty nice list. So uh, you did a good job on that, Professor. Yeah, I tried to mix it up so that it's not just, you know, it's not just only soundtrack music. You'll have whatever rock songs or hip-hop, whatever songs happen to be in the movie. And not necessarily every one of those either. So, didn't you know, we didn't want to try and make it all about House of a Thousand Corpses or all about this or that movie so whatever movie has a you know a decent amount of incidental songs to it those will be in there too so should be a good cross-section of genres and things to like you said just listen to when you're messing around the house or at work or whatever yeah i'll also i'll put a link on the uh, facebook page too to the spotify to the playlist are you able to get the band from uh uh never too young to die <laughs> no unfortunately i could not find anything you know what i did I, 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 another thing I do with that playlist is if I can't find a song from a movie or something along those lines, there's also tribute music in there. So, you know, like some of these newer synthwave bands that are sound that sound like, uh, you know, they're playing synth music and sounds like the 80s. And a lot of times they'll do a tribute to a certain movie. Like uh, I think I got some various ones. Like The Hitcher. The Hitcher, there's a couple of synthwave artists that do it. You, just, you know, they'll use some samples from the movie and then do like an 80s sort of tribute to the soundtrack or whatever. But I tried to find something, anything that would have, like, Stargrove. I just did a Stargrove search. Could not find anybody, which is surprising to me. There's not some kind of Stargrove tribute song out there somewhere. Stargrove! <laughs> <laughs> I got you, fucker! <laughs> and that's not the only one, too. What was the other, uh... Now, now it's slipping my mind. There was some other, uh... Or there's that Gene Simmons song in there, right? Where he's... Is that what you're <laughs> yeah, talking about? Too. <laughs> <laughs> if you can find that one, you there need is... to slip it in. Yes. Yeah, there's, a. Uh, I've... There's a couple of movies that we, you know, of course, Home Sweet Home, you know, nothing. Yeah. Can't find nothing for that one. Well, that was, <laughs> if if some random person hadn't loaded that on YouTube, the movie, that would have been, a, uh, that episode <laughs> yeah. probably wouldn't have happened. That's a harder one to get a hold of. Yeah that's, yeah, that's definitely one of those ones that I don't, to my knowledge, I don't think there's anybody that's released it in the U.S. on an official DVD or release or Blu-ray or anything. Yeah. I, I got a copy of it, but it's VHS days and stuff like that, but I mean. And that's probably not going for cheap either. I mean, that you know, we covered the movie. The movie is what it is. I don't think there's too many people out there outside of collectors that are going to pay 40 or 50 bucks for Home Sweet Home on VHS. No, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to be pretty hardcore yeah. to go out of your way to buy a copy of that movie for sure. I think there's, what, a, there's a couple. There's a couple of movies that are that are missing some soundtrack songs. I guess. For Side note: You can also text Spook Show. To three one nine nine six, and you can join the uh, Spook Show Text Club there. Text out whenever there's a new episode or whatever. You know, kind of gives you a direct link if you you know want to listen to it that way or find it that way, make it a little easier on you. So you just text Spook Show to three one nine nine six. Find us there, and and I'll try to put all this stuff down in the show notes of the episode, and also the uh, the link to the uh, 
the Spotify soundtrack that uh, the professor made. That way you can uh, hopefully you can just click there on the show notes. Away you go. So I guess we'll just go ahead and at this point, you know, it'd be a good, t- good time to just go ahead and throw to the trailer for 2017's Annabelle Creation. It was quiet for all these years. After Samuel and I lost our daughter. No! We prayed to see our girl again. The contact started small. But then she wanted permission to move into the doll. We soon realized it wasn't our daughter. So we locked it away. We thought helping the girls could be our penance. This is our new orphanage. Wow, this is big as a castle. But we ended up giving it just what it wanted. You need help? I can manage it. Sister, you always say that even though we can't see God, we can feel his presence. In this house, I feel a different kind of presence. An evil one is coming after me. Because I'm the weakest. You help me. What do you need? Janus found this doll. What doll? The one in the white dress. She mustn't go near that doll. She can walk. Forgive me, sister, for how I got sick. And that was the trailer for Annabelle Creation. Will, is this the first time you've seen this? Yeah, yeah, this is the first time I've seen it. What were your initial reactions to it after this viewing? That's pretty creepy. Definitely follows in line with the rest of the universe, though. Smoke, I'm sure this is not the first time you've seen it, right? No, I think this will be the third. I, did, I saw it in a regular theater when it first opened up. And then uh, then I caught a screening of it in a drive-in. Well, maybe it had been out for, I mean, it was still fairly fresh. Mm-hmm. Probably a couple weeks after I saw it at the theater the first time. Started a drive-in double bill with uh, the first uh, part of the It's the new It series or the new It movie, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And then so yeah, this will be the third time. Thing we bought it on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, but enjoyed it both of those times. I saw it in the theater, and then this time too. Uh, yeah, enjoy it for what it is. Uh, as a prequel to Annabelle, so without giving any anything else away until we get into it, I guess I uh, did enjoy it the third time around. I think this is probably the third, maybe fourth time I've seen it myself because i do remember seeing this in the theater i remember watching it at least once maybe twice um separately you know after that like once it came out on blu-ray uh yeah and then this one so this is at least the third i think fourth time i've seen it and uh 
So yeah, clearly, you know, you watch it that many times, you enjoy it on some level, right? So, <laughs> oh, yeah. and and that <laughs> yeah. regard, it's a little bit of a giveaway, but yeah, yeah. And I think that jives as far as what you were saying about it, because I can't remember exactly when it came out, but it was like date-wise, but it was right after this. I think like within a month or so. Yeah. Of yeah, this, I think it was. It was, yeah, because this came was, out. It definitely made a cool double feature drive-in. Yeah. I mean, I usually, am. you know, you Sounds go to the cool. drive-in today. Today's time, it's going to be, it'll be whatever a family movie, and then the main. Maybe an R-rated movie will play after that or whatever, whatever you know, whether it's a horror movie out or not. It's pretty cool seeing the double horror drive-in bill. You know? I know at least one of the drive-ins around here, use, I think they have uh, like two screens that are mm-hmm. kind of separated. And usually on one, they'll play like a double bill of like kids movies, you know, family-oriented oh, okay. movies. And then yeah. they'll play a, a double bill of, say, more adult movies, like maybe a couple horror films or a couple action flicks, you know, whatever's big at the time. So you can yeah. kind of choose your path, you know, <laughs> choose your own adventure. <laughs> yeah. Um, By the way, it came out September 5th, 2017. Yeah, and this came out August 11th, 2017, so it was a little less yeah. than a month later. Big year yeah. for uh, horror. We'll get into that here here in a little bit because um, I actually did a little bit of research or a little bit of homework on that. So I guess we'll get into the background of this one. This movie was released, like I just said, August 11th, 2017 by New Line Cinema, Atomic Monster Productions, The Saffron Company, Rat Pack Dune Entertainment, and it was distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. And I'm pretty sure the Atomic Monster Productions is uh, James Wan. I think that's like his production company or something. So I think they're kind of all attached to all these things. Of course, this movie is rated R for obvious reasons. Its total runtime is one hour, 49 minutes, which is a little long, you know, a little bit, uh, but not too, not too bad. You know, it, I think it moves along at a pretty good pace. So it doesn't it doesn't drag too much, even though it's a it's a tad long for your average horror movie, right? Um, yeah, well, and, and it does actually, I think, push that R rating maybe a little bit more than some of the other ones have, as far as the you know, as far as the uh, violent aspects of certain scenes. Yeah, yeah, probably. Although there's not a lot of that I recall that I'm that I'm sitting here thinking about. It, there's not a lot of like uh, bad language in it, really. No, there's a little no. bit, but not a lot. You know, wh- whatever is there is definitely you know earned. I would imagine, you know. <laughs> and I think uh, most of the other Conjuring movies, as far as violence goes, is pretty subdued. I guess in the R rating, usually comes from the terror, <laughs> the level of terror. Uh, yeah, the fact that they're aspect of it, like, demon possessing children and stuff like that. Yeah, that'd yeah. probably do it. Are all those naked elves? Oh wait a minute, that was Rare Exports. My bad. <laughs> yeah. On IMDb, it is listed as a horror slash mystery slash thriller. So that's that's pretty much about right. That <laughs> that sums them up. That's all yeah. the categories, right? The 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 general horror categories there. Yeah. Um, so the budget for this movie was $15 million, which, you know, is not crazy for a, a, a movie of this caliber, right? You know, in this like Conjuring universe, I didn't really compare it to what the budgets were for some of the other ones in the Conjuring universe, but 15 mil, that's, that's pretty low considering, uh, what this is a part of and how much it ended up making. And here in the United States, the domestic gross was 102 million. International gross was 204.4 million. For a total of three hundred and six point five million dollars, which is uh, I, I'm not exactly sure where that uh, where that ranks in the uh, the Conjuring universe, but I'd say that's pretty that's uh, that's pretty high up. The weekend that it came out, it was number one in the box office with forty eight and a half million dollars. Uh, I'll just run down the top ten here. It wasn't even close. Number two, by the way, forty eight point forty eight and a half mil. Number two was sixteen and a half mil, and that was uh. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's uh, Dunkirk was number two that summer. Um, and, and once again, we'll, we'll point out that this was... Now, granted, it's late in the summer, but this is the summer season, you know, August 11th. 
this is right around the time or right before kids start going back to school here in America. So, you know, it's still big box office, you know, around this time. Or movies that are kind of finally coming down on the backside. You know, they've been out for a month or two. Uh, number three that week was The Nut Job 2, Nutty by Nature. <laughs> which, sound, which sounds like a horror. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, a, a porno, really, than, than what it really is. <laughs> the Nut Job 2, <laughs> Nutty by Nature. Uh, number four Super that... Sausage Party. <laughs> Rated R. Um, number four that week was uh, the highly disappointing Stephen King adaptation of The Dark Tower. It made eleven. Yeah, I still hadn't even watched that based on <laughs> based on everything I've heard about it. Uh, and I hate I try not to do that with movies, but yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one, dude. That's all I'll say. It's tough. Uh, I, I'm not even gonna say it's bad. This is my and I'm a huge Dark Tower fan. I've read all the books. I love it. Yeah. I'm not even gonna say it's bad. I'm just gonna say it's disappointing. That's all. I, that's all I can ever say about that movie. Number five that week was the Emoji Movie. Number six, Girls Trip. Number seven, Spider-Man: Homecoming. It made nine point four million, and it, it had probably been out for well. It says here it had been about six weeks at this point, so it was already over, well over three hundred million at that point. So it it just kept uh, making money. Number eight was Kidnap, which I barely remember that. Number nine, The Glass Castle. I don't recall even hearing of that. And then number ten was Atomic Blonde, which was actually a pretty good oh, action yeah. flick. With uh, yeah. Charlie Theron, right? Yep, great soundtrack. <laughs> so horror-wise, you know, it hadn't really hit its, you know, the, the, the theaters were a little uh, dry at this point. Although, you know, they were about to catch up uh, with it coming out like a, less than a month later. But uh, not much else playing at the time, you know, as far as horror-wise. The worldwide box office that year, the number one movie that year, just to put it in perspective, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. It made 1.3 billion dollars worldwide in 2017. Beauty and the Beast, The Fate of the Furious, Despicable Me Three, Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. That was your your top five that year worldwide. As far as horror worldwide, number 13 that year was It. Number 17, Kong: Skull Island. Number 23, The Mummy. And coming in at number 30 was this film, Annabelle Creation. Slightly under that at number 33 was Split. Number 36 was Get Out. Number 39, Alien Covenant. Number 65, Happy Death Day. Number 73, Jigsaw. Number 74, Life. Number 81, Rings. That fucking movie. And then number 90, 47 meters down. So it was a, it was a pretty decent year for uh, horror in 2017. When you look back on it, you know, a few years later, and you see some of the movies that came out that were big and some that will be influential on horror for, for years to come, I think, in some regards, like It and Get Out, at least, right? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, some of these are kind of knockoffs of others in, in a lot of ways, like Happy Death Day and Rings and... Uh, in some ways, 47 meters down, although it was kind of, you know, kind of original, but not, you know, right. But um, point is, like, some of these were influential movies for years to come, like 10, 15, 20 years from now. They'll be talking about a, a few of these movies for sure. So back to Annabelle Creation. This film was, the pr principal photography was from June 27th of 2016 to August 15th of 2016. To, so through the summer of 2016. And uh, it looked look, look to me like pretty much most of it was shot at Warner Brothers Studio there in Burbank, California, and I guess the surrounding areas. So most of it was there um, in Burbank. Also, I saw that uh, the director of this was David F. Sandberg, and uh, he decided to use uh, Steadicam and tracking shots because of the film's period setting, and he wanted to maintain the old-school feel, feel of the first two Conjuring films. I think in that regard, at least in my opinion, this one definitely feels different 
than the first Annabelle movie, right? Oh, yeah. As, well, especially compared to that one. But it's it's closer in tone a little bit than the to the first two Conjuring movies than say the first Annabelle movie was, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that too. And then some of those are, are subtle things that if you, I guess, if you, you know, the the normal viewer maybe would would notice differences, but not know why. You know, as far as those type, the technicality of the shots and everything. Yeah. They would you know the feeling that yeah, this it does feel a little different. So that I think it worked for him deciding to go that route. So as we just mentioned, the director was David F. Sandberg. He would he's from uh, Sweden, by the way. Um, he would mostly I guess at this point he probably would only have been known from uh, Lights Out. He was the director of Lights Out. Um, I think he did this one, and then he was the director of Shazam, which I think came out what in 2019, I believe it was last year. The writer is Gary Dauberman who's uh, been all up in the Conjuring universe, even a, a couple of the ones that we've watched, or at least one of the ones we've watched already. He was the writer of the first Annabelle movie, this one, and Annabelle Comes Home, the one that came out in 2019. He was also the writer on It. So he had two huge movies come out like pretty much right at the same time, Annabelle Creation and It. Um, he's also the writer on The Nun, which I believe we've pointed out before in past episodes that that, that was so far has been the most uh, profitable of the Conjuring franchise, right? Yeah, which would be the next movie, I think, after this one, which would make it, what, the prequel to the prequel to the prequel. Yeah. <laughs> for the, uh, I lose count. Inception. The spinoff. <laughs> the yeah. spinoff to the prequel sequel. <laughs> yeah, and he also directed, on top of writing, he also directed Annabelle's Com- Annabelle Comes Home, which I think is one of, if not the only thing he's ever directed. He also uh, wrote, I guess, I'm, I'm not sure if he wrote the whole, all the episodes or some of the episodes of that uh, DC Universe Swamp Thing series that James Wan was uh, producing. He was a writer on that as well. And, of course, uh, It Chapter 2, um, he wrote that as well. So, you know, he's he's definitely seen some success over the last, what, uh, five years? Pretty much all that stuff just in, within the last five years. Producer is James Wan, which we've mentioned a, a number of times on here. I mean, he, he's like the godfather of the Conjuring universe, um, the Saw movies, Insidious movies. So, I mean, we, we've kind of ran down his resume before in uh, some past uh, episodes. Um, another producer was uh, Peter Safran, who uh, he's, he's had his uh, name... All over. Uh, he's a, mainly just a producer of a, a ton of movies. But I thought it was interesting with him that like he he really did a lot of comedy before kind of dipping his toes, you know, into uh, the horror stuff. Like uh, he was the producer of uh, one of Will's favorite movies, Rocket Man, back in 1997, <laughs> with uh, uh, Harlan Williams in it. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> And he was also the uh, executive producer of Scary Movie, which, uh, you know, I I, rec- I just recently heard, like, the other day that apparently, like, the original title for Scream was Scary Movie. Oh, is that why Makes they sense. called it Scary Movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, honestly, uh... would have been a cool name for uh, an actual Scary Movie, would have just been, here's Scary Movie, you know? <laughs> It's surprising that that's the first time that well, that's never been one called that before. Yeah, yeah. Here's Scary Movie too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love like Halloween. Every... You know, we talked about that before, like Halloween. Like it took till 1978. Yeah. For a movie just to be called Halloween. Sometimes it's just the, it's just too obvious. You know, like True. it's so obvious it's right there and you just don't think about it. You know, you don't connect the dots until oh shit. You know. <laughs> uh, Rocket Man. That's uh-huh. one of my favorite lines in it. Uh, Which one? Somebody, somebody uh, made a mistake somewhere in the movie, and uh, and the guy, the guy's like, oh, "Just lay off of me. I made a mistake." Oh, sure you did. Just like the captain of the Exxon Valdez didn't see Alaska sitting there right in front of him. 
he Harlan Williams is a funny dude, but he it's a weird funny, right? Like you know, he's kind of yeah. an acquired taste, kind of you know, yeah. like uh, 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 shit Tom Green, you know, kind of like it's, it's he's funny, but it's mm-hmm. like an acquired weird, you know, kind of taste. Like not everybody's gonna find him funny. You either like you either laugh at the dude or you're gonna fucking hate him, you know. And Andy Kaufman esque in a way. Very uh, old comic. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. But he uh, Peter Safran, he also produced Meet the Spartans, uh, disaster movie. You know, so, like, you, you get where you're going here with this guy, right? Like, he did, like, all those goofy-ass spoof parody movies. Or not all of them, but a lot of them, right? He had his he had his hand in it. Even in uh, the 2010 movie, Vampires Suck, which was another one of those, like, you know, parody, goofy-ass comedies. And then, all of a sudden, I guess around that time, it just kind of flipped from, like, that to all of a sudden he's producing, like, full-on horror movies, like ATM, The Conjuring. What ATM stand for? Uh, I don't know. What a Automated Teller Machine? I, I don't know. <laughs> that one's actually pretty good. I, I don't know if either of you guys have seen it, but like the premise is like uh, 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 the, these uh, people that are going out to do something, right? And they need to stop at like one of those enclosed ATMs to get some money. And then some dude like locks them in there and he's stalking them. Like he won't let them come out. So it's, it's actually, <laughs> no, yeah, it's, 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 it's not too bad. It's, you know, it's a, uh, it's a low budget type of deal, but it's not, it's not bad. It's, it's, and I'd recommend it. But yeah, he, he did the, the conjuring Annabelle. See, all of a sudden it flipped. Like he went from corny, uh, comedy to uh, hardcore horror basically. <laughs> and all the conjuring stuff. So especially when you, when you get your finger in the, in the conjuring pie, I'm sure you're like, you know, I kind of like this, uh, I kind of like this horror thing. I think I'm going to keep doing that. But uh, yeah, you know, think about it. What anybody that gets their name attached to it, whether as a writer or as a director, they know it's going to be like a jumping off point. I mean, because the Conjuring universe is hot. And yeah, it still is. You know, so. I don't think any of them have flopped. Like, like truly flopped, right? I mean, all no. of them have probably you know done very well. Your own, I'm sure, built you know made its budget. But I, I don't know for sure. I mean, I haven't looked at it, but I would probably feel safe yeah. to say that even Larry Yorona being to me the lesser in the Conjuring universe. Probably made well over its money back. He's clearly like a producer that has like ties with Warner Brothers or something without digging any deeper because like not only the Conjuring stuff, but he's also produced Aquaman and Shazam. So he's clearly got like a deal going with Warner Brothers at this point. All right, so this movie stars Anthony LaPaglia as Samuel Mullins. I, I think he's one of those dudes you would rec- you would recognize. Like he's the he's the old guy in the movie. You know the guy that uh, not old guy, but you know the middle aged dude that owns the house that you know allows the girls to come live there. I think you'd recognize Look, him every, for, from a number of Everybody would know him from Empire Records. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's definitely one of them. <laughs> Apparently, he's been in a, a shitload of episodes of Without a Trace. I guess he's one of the main dudes in uh, in that show. Um, so I Married an Axe Murderer. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a while. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's been a while for me, too. But yeah, I need that. that reminds me I need to... Need to watch that one soon. It's been a while. That show, there was a show a couple of years ago called Swedish Dicks. Apparently, he <laughs> he was in that. So yeah, you would definitely recognize him. He's one of those character actor dudes. I mean, he's a good actor. You've seen him in a number of things, surely. He was definitely probably the most recognizable face from this movie. I would imagine. It stars Miranda Otto. I think it's O T T O. So it's Otto or Otto. I'm not sure. Miranda Otto. Um, as Esther Mullins, that's his wife. You would recognize her from the uh, Lord of the Rings movies. She was uh, Eowyn. In those movies, and uh, War of the Worlds, you know, the one that came out in uh, 2005. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, she was, uh, she had a role in uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, that Netflix, Sabrina the Teenage Witch remake, or whatever the hell that is on Netflix. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I need to get back to watching that. I saw a couple episodes, but, yeah. She was in uh, 24, the 24 Legacy, I guess, that season. Um, Homeland, I mean, tons of TV shows, uh, other movies, I, Frankenstein, The Turning, plenty of things you would, you would definitely recognize her. I mean, outside of Anthony Paglia, for sure, I'd say she's one of the more recognizable faces. Um, it stars Samara Lee as B. That's their, their daughter. Um, that you you see at the beginning and then off and on a little bit later on, which I, I'd, this is probably one of the one of the only things you'd really recognize her from. I mean, she only has she only has eight credits on IMDb, so the odds of you really recognizing that little girl from something else are uh, slim. But she was in Foxcatcher and uh, the Last Witch Hunter, Concussion. So I mean, she's she's been in some uh, pretty good roles considering you know she's young, early in her career. But and she's also. Uh, Got a bit in Annabelle Comes Home. So it also stars uh, Brad Greenquist as Victor, Victor Palmieri. Um, uh, you would remember him probably mostly as Victor Pascal in Pet Cemetery from 1989 that we've already talked about in a past episode. And he's been in a number of things. Ali, Water for Elephants, uh, The Lone Ranger, that uh, remake from uh, 2013. Recently, yeah. The Call of the Wild. I mean, he's been in a number of things. But uh, I'd say our, our for our purposes, you'd probably remember him most is Victor Pascal in uh, Pet Cemetery, which I don't recall which episode was right away when we talked about that, but it was sometime early 2019. So that was probably episode 7, 8, 9, 10, somewhere around there, if I had to guess off the top of my head. Um, but you can go back and find that one where we talked about that. It stars Lulu Wilson as Linda. She's kind of the, the, the second girl, I guess you could say, because there's six uh, younger girls in this movie, but there's really only like the two main ones, right? Janice is the the main little girl, but kind of the second is Linda. That's Lulu Wilson. You would also, you might also remember her from The Haunting of Hill House, that uh, that great Netflix uh, series from last year. She was in Sharp Objects. She was in uh, Ouija, Origin of Evil. Is that how you say it? Do you say it Ouija or Ouija? Is there an official pronunciation of that or? I mean, I don't, yeah, I'm sure there is an official one, but I, I think I've always pronounced it Ouija, like an A at the end of it. Ouija, of, but yeah. I don't know that I've always said Ouija board. I don't know, you know, whatever. I, maybe that's my uh, South yeah, Carolina hanging out. I, that's the only way I've ever heard it. Ouija? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess it doesn't fucking matter. Everybody knows what you're talking about when you say <laughs> it. But, um, yeah, uh, that's one of those rare ones, too, where I think, like, uh, a lot of people liked uh, we, uh, Ouija Origin of Evil more than they did the original. Like, it's like the sequel is actually better. Because I saw something comparing this to that, and like the the irony of uh, Lulu Wilson being in both these that like some people consider Annabelle Creation better than Annabelle, and then you got Origin or Ouija Origin of Evil, which was considered better than the first Ouija movie, Ouija. So, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, she was in both of those, and uh, she, apparently she had a role in uh, Ready Player One and a handful of things. So uh, you would recognize her. You would possibly recognize her from some of that. Um, but the main little girl in the movie, Janice, uh, is Talitha Ileana Bateman. But in this, she was Talitha Bateman. For, for whatever reason, she decided to throw Ileana in there. But you would recognize her from Geostorm, uh, The Fifth Wave. So some of that, like, uh, young adult type stuff. Countdown, she came out in 2019, which I have not seen. Uh, but that looks like something that's probably in our wheelhouse eventually. Uh, Sister Charlotte. The character Sister Charlotte is played by Stephanie Sigmund. Now, this is one of those... I think she's kind of one of those connections to uh, uh, to the nun, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in a way, at least. She, Stephanie Sigmund, has been in Spectre. It's one of the James Bond movies. She was in a movie back in 2011 called Miss Bala, um, Shimmer Lake, SWAT, 
which is a CBS uh, series. Uh, let me see, uh, Narcos, which I think is a Netflix series, if I'm not mistaken. American Crime. So tons of TV, handful of uh, films. Uh, the Bridge from a few years ago that used to be an FX show. So you recognize her from some of that for sure. And we'll get, and obviously Sister Charlotte, you, you know, if you watch the movie, you'll get kind of the connection to the nun there, right? It's funny too how they spent like a couple of movies building up to the nun, right? <laughs> like, you know, on our journey here to the, through the Conjuring universe, you can see it's like at some point they're like, man, we got to get to a nun movie. So we really got to build her up, you know. They really pumped it up and obviously in uh, Conjuring 2. But then you see it, you know, here a little bit in this one. I'm not sure if there was any connection in the, in the first Conjuring or uh, the first Annabelle movie. But you can see the build up to like this is coming, right? Mm-hmm. It also stars Mark Bramhall as Father, as Father Massey. I, I'm sure this is one of those uh, character actor type dudes. I mean, he was in the show... Uh, or, I'm sorry, in the movie Colony. Apparently he was a voice or, an, or, or one of the uh, mocaps in uh, Call of Duty Black Ops. One of those games. He was in the first Star Trek movie. Not not the original, you know, uh, but the, the the new one from 2009 that kind of restarted yeah, the, the reboot yeah. Star Trek movie. Yeah, apparently he's done a number of video games, too, because here's another one. He was in, uh, he's a character in Red Dead Redemption 2. So he must be one of those, like, mocap voice dudes from uh, video games. And apparently he played Uncle... I guess he was Ben Parker in uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. The second Spider-Man movie. Remember mm-hmm. there was the three with Tobey Maguire? Andrew then there Garfield. Was, yeah, the Andrew Garfield. Apparently in the second one he was uh, Uncle Ben. I have to go back and check that out. But yeah, he's done a number of things over the years. I mean, like, he's got... On IMDb, he's got 61 credits that uh, go all the way back... Literally all the way back to 1969. So... He's done a, a number of things over the years that you, you may or may not uh, recognize the man from. It also stars Grace Fulton as Carol and uh, Philippa, Philippa Cawthard as Nancy. They're kind of like the the two douchebag girls that kind of, uh, the bully girls of the group that kind of rag on everybody. And then the, the two other girls, uh, Taylor Buck it plays Kate and Lulu Saffron as Tierney. I, I don't see it here, but in just my gut, Tells me that she may be uh, uh, related to Peter Saffron. I'm not <laughs> just with the same last name. What are the odds, right? Um, but it doesn't. I don't see that anywhere like right away. But uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, she's a uh, some relation to Peter Saffron. But maybe not. I don't want to, you know, completely crap on her. But she's probably to, to to that specific character. She's probably the most useless of the six girls, right? Like. Um, you rarely, I I don't even know how many lines that little girl has in this movie. She's like, she's like the step cousin. Like she's just always kind of along for the ride and nothing happens to her. Um, (laughs) which could be suspect about that last name. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, We're just going to, we only had this down for five girls, but, uh, we'll make it six. Here you go. (laughs) But daddy, I want to be in a movie. You, you will be. You will be. Also, I'll just mention it because the, the credit is, is funny. Uh, Joseph Bashara plays the Annabelle demon. <laughs> I guess he's a big tall dude. I'm not sure. But yeah, apparently uh, he's he was in The Conjuring 2, Insidious, uh, The First Conjuring, The Curse of La Llorona, Dreamcatcher, Brightfall. So, and the, a couple, I guess one or two other of the Insidious movies. So he's, he's a, a, a horror guy, clearly. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. 
The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Smoke, you said you've uh, been listening to something recently on Audible? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been uh, kind of go back and read some more Stephen King books because I've read a good bit, good bit of his back in the, but it's been since high school and that's been a while for me <laughs> so uh i started with carrie might as well start with the first novel it's great so far it's been it's actually read by cc spacek who played carrie in the 1976 film so that's pretty cool and uh, it has an introduction by stephen king himself again really adds to it i'm probably up to about the point probably about mid a little bit past midway but yeah really enjoying that one again yeah. you know, like i said i've read it but uh, it's cool hearing Sister Spacek read it. I actually read my copy, which I believe might be a first edition. I'm not sure. If it's not, it's it's, yeah. it's an old edition that I have. <laughs> yeah, old hardcover, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I got, probably got that one, too. I actually read that one a few years back. But, like, uh, just you describing it, like, uh, you know, being read by Sissy Spacek on there and everything, I, I, like, I might have to go back and listen to that just to hear it read by her. And, you know, it's kind of a cool different aspect to it. Yeah, that was kind of the draw for me because, like I said, I, I have the hardcover and I've read it. Also, the fact that I can, you know, you can listen to it in your car if you're listening to Audible or whatever. So that gives you a wider range of, you know, just being able to listen, you know, read it when I'm at home or here or there or whatever. So, so I, but yeah, I definitely would recommend it. I, you know, having, having her read it, she's good at, uh, she's good at reading it and narrating it and everything and, and enunciating different, you know, she doesn't do, try to do different voices or anything, but uh, you don't, you know, it pretty much takes you out of it. Doesn't you? You hear Carrie reading her lines. Basically, it's kind of like so. It's a familiar person, which uh, just makes it more interesting. Which is one of the coolest aspects of Audible, really. Like you know, the fact that you can kind of take it on the go like that, but also that mm -hmm. you can get something cool like that, like you know, the main character from the movie reading the book. You know, like yeah. that's uh, that's not unlike, or that's unlike a lot of experiences you would have, like other than just sitting there reading the book. You know. Which is always cool. I mean, I love cracking open a book and sitting down and reading it, but it's cool to have that 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 portability aspect of it, and and you know, and have a, like a cool character like that or a person read the book to you like that. It's pretty cool. What's that Stephen King intro is a, uh, and it's not for long. He doesn't go into, it, but he does go into about his writing that as his first novel and his uh, wife. I, they might not have been married at the time, but Tabitha. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of prompting him into because he was basically just writing short stories and working wherever it was i believe he said he was working at the time full-time and then supplant supplanting the income with these short stories he was selling whatever and then what led him into writing that first novel so and he's you know reads introduction himself so that's cool too well i, I think it worked out for him so uh <laughs> oh yeah um <laughs> Definitely. so yeah that that's that's one cool aspect of it you know is to be able to do all that so to download your free audiobook today go to audibletrial.com slash book show again that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audiobook. I guess without any uh, further buildup, I guess we can go ahead and get into the film itself. I mean, unless you guys got something you want to add. <laughs> Hearing none, we will I move forward. <laughs> Do you really love Lamp, or are you just saying you love it because it's right over there? I love Lamp. <laughs> I love Lamp. <laughs> Alright, so the movie begins with uh, Samuel, who you find out eventually his name is Samuel Mullins. He's sitting in like a workshop making dolls. He like hand crafts the dolls and, and hand painted and everything. And as he's doing this, a note slides under the door and it says, find me. So he goes, uh, out, you know, he leaves his workshop and goes into the house. 
and then he finds another note that says closer so then he kind of walks along and he sees uh his, you know clearly now it's like a game he's playing with his little girl or something and so he writes he sees her like behind behind a curtain so he writes found you on the note and sets it there and then like uh she comes out to look at the note and then he grabs a hold of her and they kind of you know roll around and the wife comes in and she kind of joins and they're tickling her and everything then that night they're putting uh you find out her name is b and his wife's name is esther they put her to bed she wants the record to play like she's got a little record player there and, and the record on there plays you are my sunshine you know you are my sunshine go ahead willie sing it my own little no, no, sunshine you were doing good. I want to hear it. Well, make me happy okay <laughs> But yeah, you get the you've heard the song a thousand times, especially uh, I always the one movie that always comes to mind when I hear that song is Oh Brother Where Art Thou for whatever reason like that song just pops into my head whenever or uh, that movie pops in my head whenever I hear it, which probably isn't a movie we'll get to on this podcast, but uh, I would definitely highly recommend you going out and checking that movie out. It's an awesome movie. So then like the next morning they go to church and uh, on their way home from church they get a flat tire. And uh, as they they all get out while dad's taking a look at it or whatever and he drops one of the lug nuts. And uh, it rolls out in the middle of the road, and as uh, right at that moment, B runs out and says, "I'll get it." And then she just gets slammed by a truck. And the effects on this are really good. Like, I think you pretty much see her get scooped up by the truck. Like, not all the way, but you see enough to know, like, "Oh fuck, she's a goner." It's almost like she leans into it, and her body gets hit, and then like it cuts. Right? You don't yeah, see it, it happen, cuts but. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't see any goriness, of course. Or anything yeah, like that. yeah. You get the impact of it for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. You see. You basically <laughs> see like, man, this thing just scooped her up and killed her. You know. Yeah. By the way, when, when when the dad's trying to get the uh the the tire off the the car, it's like God, I can't get it off. I can't get it off. Let me let me keep pulling on. Finally, the the, the nut pops off. <laughs> you're <laughs> telling right me you're trying to pull it off with the nut still on. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works, you know. <laughs> Damn, I mean, you're a dude that works with his hands, like building toys and stuff. You think you'd have more sense than that? <laughs> Maybe a little bit of attention to detail. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, and by the way, going back to that, too, that when he's building those dolls, I don't know if we mentioned it or not, but he's actually building the Annabelle doll, right? Yes. The doll that looks like, and he's numbering it like one of 100, so I guess you'd have to believe that there's, there was 100 of these Annabelle, whatever. He didn't, I forget what he named it, what the name of the doll was. Yeah, I think that's the thing, like, and, and that's why I kind of refer to it just as the doll, because, like, yeah, the doll doesn't have yeah. a name, right? It doesn't have a name at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah like they it's just whatever. At least I don't think it had a name, or it didn't show the name on the box. I don't believe, or it just showed him marking one of one hundred. Well, I would assume that that's one of one because yeah, his, his was number died one the next day. Yeah, but well, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, because I would imagine if say it's one of one hundred, right? He probably gave number one to his daughter, right? Yeah. But besides that, when they're at church. And then, like, that random old dude comes up and is like, you know, I guess he's like the shop owner, the local shop owner. He's like, you got that order for me? And then his wife's like, yes, uh, the order is ready. You can come pick them up tomorrow. So I kind of get that, like, by this point now, he's done cranked out a hundred of these things. Right? It's kind of what I gathered. Maybe it could be. And then, and then uh, you know, uh, Annabelle 15. Uh, they go back to the original <laughs> house, and there's, like, 99 more of these little, <laughs> got little POS is sitting down at the bottom. <laughs> we can ride this thing out for another 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> she just keeps like, a... tear it to shreds, and then, then another door opens, and the person just goes, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why she just keeps popping up in different areas, because it's like the old Bugs Bunny cartoon where he's racing the hair, I mean the, uh, the tortoise. Yeah. 
the tortoise. And then, as it turns out, there's 45 tortoises at the end, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that shit all, all his whole family so yeah the little girl this whole horrific scene where the little girl gets scooped up by the truck and killed that's when you see the title annabelle creation then it says 12 years later and you see a bus fly by and on the side of the bus it says saint eustace home for girls so it's like a uh, orphan truck or an orphan bus uh and then you're introduced to linda and janice which like i said before these are like the two main girl little girls of the uh of the group father massey uh is driving the bus and uh he tells Sister Charlotte, who you're introduced here, like who's clearly like the, uh, I guess the nun that's over the girls, you know, who's going to keep watch on them. Um, he tells Sister Charlotte and the girls to, uh, when they get home, or maybe it's when they're on the way or whatever, but like uh, Esther, the mom of Esther Mullins at the house, she he says like she's had an accident, so if she needs help, you know, you need to offer help. Um, uh, yeah, she tells them that, he tells them that when they're on the way. So then once they get to the Mullins house, this is when they all get off the bus, and then you see that Janice is uh, crippled, and turns out she's crippled from polio. Um, so she walks around with, you know, she's got a bad limp in her leg, and she uh, walks around with it like a cane. This is a cool tracking shot tour of the house. Like, you know, they go in, and, like, Samuel is showing them around the house, how it kind of goes from one room to the next. There's no real clean cuts. I thought it was a pretty cool, pretty well-shot scene there. Uh, simple, but kind of cool. Um, it's already showing that he's a peculiar guy. You mean just the, <laughs> you mean the way he acts and the layout of the house and everything? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. The way he's acting. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of dry, you know. <laughs> but I guess you know you would be after this horrific thing has happened to you know to your family. Um, and as you in, as you find out as the movie goes on, it was even more horrific than than just losing their daughter, right? <laughs> it got it got it got hairy. <laughs> so uh, Janice, uh, she can't go upstairs. But like as it turns out, he's got like one of those uh, what would you call that? Like an electric chairlift kind of thing that's like attached to the wall. That goes up and down the stairs. Yeah, like, so you, uh, the, other, the thing that it reminds me of is, you know, Gremlins. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the Gremlins, the one that drives the lady up the stairs. Yeah, and, like flies to the wall. Like, <laughs> the other thing it reminds me of is this meme that I saw, and I can't, and I like repost it every time it pops up in my memories, is this thing drives me up the fucking wall. And it's like that. Boom. <laughs> 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 Whatever you call those things. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm just going to go chair with chairlift because, I mean, that, that sounds about right to me. Um, so it's on like the wall and it, so it takes her all the way up the stairs and like, uh, she's smiling. They're all happy. Like, hooray, you know, this thing works. It'll take her upstairs. And then she gets to the top and it just stops. And then you, you, it's, it, there's a hallway you can see right, bes right beside her and down the hallway, you see something move. And then she clearly feels like there's something weird going on, but she, you know, doesn't see anything. And you know, she's kind of, I guess you get the heebie jeebies, right? And then the next scene kind of establishes the, uh, the two older girls, Carol and Nancy is like these two trolls, you know, <laughs> they just treat the, the, the two youngest girls, uh, Janice and Linda, like, you know, like shit, basically, I guess, you know, kind of the, the, the way it would be, right? The older girls are going to treat the younger girls like crap. Um, and they won't share the room with them or whatever. Janice goes over to this one room and it's locked. Uh, and it's it's clearly it's B's old room, you know, the little girl that died. And then Samuel comes up like this door is locked and it'll stay locked. You know, <laughs> he's all <laughs> ominous about it. Um, you can you know the old you can go anywhere but this room. So of course they just want to go to this fucking room, right? Then uh, Sister Charlotte is in her room like getting set up, and then like there's this you know this little weird exchange with like the dumb waiter in the wall. How like she hears like so she hears something in it or something, opens it up, looks in there, and then closes it, and it flies back open all on its own so just the creepy like little nuances here right you know like there you know there's something going on in this fucking house there's weird shit you know but we're not all the way there yet so then all the girls go explore they go out to explore the land you know the the, the farm or whatever without janice because uh you know she's 
she's got the leg and all so she can't go and she's just looking out the window and then as she's looking out the window you see someone behind her like someone's like behind the door or something it kind of moves and, she, and then she when she turns around there's no one there you know that old that old ditty then that night at dinner uh esther samuel's wife calls out for him like ringing this bell like ding, 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 ding. you know you can hear it off in the room and he has the you know excuse me you know, he gets up from the table so you just kind of and then like carol like one of the older girls stands up and kind of looks and kind of sees her in there but like you know she's got like those little drapes around the bed where you can't completely see her so like you know it starts the whole like uh the scary woman sleeping in the you know that can't come out of the room thing going on with her which you know that they don't really, well, I guess we can get into it when they explain exactly what happened to her a little bit later on. I just think it's a little weird that she's like bedridden, considering oh, yeah. what, what happened to her, right? <laughs> why Why does she have to be in the bed, waited on hand and foot? But anyways, you know, they explain that a little bit later on. That night, someone slips a note under Janice's, Janice and Linda sleep in the same room, like a bunk beds. Um, someone slips a note and Janice sees this. She picks up the note and it says, find me. So she goes out of the room. And then a note comes from inside B's room, you know, the door that's locked and is going to stay locked. <laughs> it comes from inside there, and then the note says, she opens that up, and it says, in here. So, of course, she goes into the fucking room. Where you would honestly just go, nope. Yeah, now, nah, you know what, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I've already got the heebie-jeebies, and now there's a note coming from inside the room where no one's supposed to be. I'm, I'm out. But nope, she goes right in, and there's this huge dollhouse sitting there. I mean, like, it's like this you know, intricate fucking dollhouse, like the size of a bed, um, you know, half a bed. And it's got, li- it's got electricity running into it and everything, <laughs> which is really impressive for the time, right? Like, what, uh, do, did, did we ever establish exactly what year this was supposed to be? I don't know if they ever actually said, yeah, like... that's what, I guess I was talking to Willie about it earlier, too, was, like, uh, the only date or the only number or anything that they post on the screen, I think it says is 12 years later after his daughter's killed yeah. hit by the car. Yep. 12 years later to when they, you know... Nothing. But I think that's the only... Yeah. Thing they ever really pop up on the screen, right? So I guess you kind of have to do your own math because it's like whatever happens to her is 12 years later, and then whatever happens at the end is 12 years later. That once again, spoiler alert, connects to the first Annabelle movie. So I guess you'd kind of have to go back. All right, when was the first Annabelle movie, and then do the math, right? I guess that'd be yeah. the way you figure yeah. it out. They just don't do it for you, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, they don't In just the clearly movie. say, all right, this is 1948 or whatever the fuck it's supposed to be, you know. I'm assuming this is we suppo- find out things a little later on, of course, once we get to that point, <laughs> you know, how things kind of tie together. Yeah. If you've seen the other Conjuring movies. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, they don't give you an actual year. Like, here it is, boom, 19-whatever. I kind of run on the assumption, just based on what you kind of know about this franchise at this point, this would probably be in the late 50s, I would think. Like, most yeah. of this movie is probably in the late 50s, mid to late 50s. Yeah, I just pulled it up. Uh, it looks like it's largely set in 1955. Yeah, so that's, yeah. Yeah, that's probably about right. Which means, like, 12 years from that would be 1967, and that probably leads you up to, you know, what happened in Annabelle and everything. But not to go too far off the train rails there, just, you know, they, they never, clear, like you said, clearly come out and say, all right, this is, you know, 1955. Um, I'm guessing at the very beginning it was 1943. Yeah, that before the 12 years. Yeah, would that be 12 years? Yeah, yeah. 12 years. Once again, like I said, for the late 40s and into the 50s, like, to have this huge dollhouse with electricity running through it, I know he's a toy maker, but that's that's still pretty impressive, right? <laughs> um, yeah. uh, and then, of course, like she's fucking around with this little dollhouse. You know, she's instantly attracted to it, obviously. And then she like she pokes something, and like the door opens up, and a key falls out. Now, the only thing about this, what I had about this, was like, how does she instantly know what the fuck this key would be possibly used for? Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like she didn't even search around, man. It's like here's a key. Hmm. <laughs> right oh, there's a fucking yeah. closet. <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
Well, I believe there's a sound coming from there, and that which that's what drew her over. Yeah, and and, and you know, look, I, and also you have to take into account that there's a fucking demon stuff afloat here. So <laughs> maybe she's just you know the fates are drawing her to this, right? Clearly is what's going on. Like, all right, I'm, it's calling out to her in a way, right? Like, come and do these things I want you to do. I guess in a way. Um, but she goes over and uh, there's a closet. She goes over, pops the key in there, and it opens up. And then there's a doll inside, which you know is the Annabelle doll. But there's a doll sitting there, like in a chair, a rocking chair, all alone in this in this uh, fucking closet. <laughs> then she shuts the door, and the door opens again. So Or opens. So she goes back over, closes it again, takes the key, and locks it. And then as she walks back over, the door opens again. So then she takes like a sheet from the room goes back goes over to the closet and then covers Annabelle or the doll up and then all of a sudden it fucking stands up now I, she def- definitely doesn't react to all this the way I would react to this to this moment playing out because like yeah she doesn't see she puts the sheet on there and then turns around and starts messing with the dollhouse but doesn't see it stand up right but then she turns around this uh, shape under the sheet is walking right toward her and it's like stepping on the sheet as it goes, but like she's just she's kind of backing up, like what the fuck? But man, I'm telling you right now, I'd like I'd spear it and then I'd be out of the room, you know? <laughs> I'd kick it or punch it or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> I'd go straight to Amy Winehouse and I'd be just like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, like I always say, there'd be a Josh-sized hole in the wall uh, from where I'm uh, exit stage <laughs> yeah, left. How about the hole? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> be gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly like that. I'd be gone, Jack. But no, she just kind of cowers in the corner. This thing, like, walks toward her, and then eventually the sheet falls off, and there's nothing there. So then the next day, Janice goes to Sister Charlotte and kind of confesses, like, you know, I wasn't supposed to go in that room, and I went in there. But she kind of, you know, doesn't really tell her the whole story, you know, because she's kind of dismissive of it and kind of scolds her for doing, you know, what she shouldn't have done, and that's kind of the end of that. Um, then it shows there's a scene where the girls go out into the barn and they find it, it's random at this moment, but it comes back later. That's why I mentioned it. They find a scarecrow and uh, one of them just kind of gives it the, the stink eye, you know, kind of like, mm, you know, I'm kind of creeped out by that, but they move on. Then Linda decides she's going to play hide and go seek with the girls. Meanwhile, the other girls really aren't playing it right. You know, yeah, go hide. We'll find you, you know? <laughs> so she goes into the house and she hides under the stairs. And she's got like a you know a good view of these like these little uh, metal grates on the steps so she can look through. Uh, then she hears something and she turns around and the fucking doll is sitting in the corner. Then it just kind of like something grabs it or something and it just kind of disappears into the shadows. And she kind of like blah you know and it gets out of there. Uh, she reacts the way you should by getting the fuck away from this thing <laughs> instead of just naturally. Mm, this is weird. I know it'll make it go away. Let me throw a sheet on it. Um, so then uh, Samuel. Uh, he's, uh, in, in, uh, Sister Charlotte's room talking to her, and then he picks up a picture, and this is what I was, uh, referring to earlier. Um, it's, uh, of, like, three or four nuns, her and, a you know, like, two or three other nuns standing there, and it's a picture taken from a Romanian convent that she was at, I guess, and, uh, he's like, oh, who's this over here in the corner? And she's like, oh, I've never seen that before, <laughs> and he, like, ho- he kind of holds it against the light, and it's like a holographic, you know, it's the fucking nun standing there, you know, the demon yeah. nun. <laughs> yeah. The first direct, you know, direct link to yeah. the Nun movie. <laughs> yeah. But she's like, no, I don't know who... Like, she doesn't question this at all either. Like, huh, I've never noticed that there's a fucking creepy-ass nun hiding in the shadows behind us here. You know? <laughs> it's like, nope, I don't know who that is. Put it down. Yeah. <laughs> 
So then Carol and Nancy, you know, the two older girls, they're uh, they're sitting in the room, the room that at like late at night, and they've got a sheet over their heads, and they're just kind of giggling, you know, playing little girl games or whatever the hell they're doing. They're kind of creeping each other out, and then you hear uh, Esther Esther Mullins's bell ringing somewhere, and then it sounds like it's getting closer and closer, right to where they are. So now they're kind of freaked out, and they're just kind of like, you know, they don't want to come out of the sheet to see what it is, and they see something like walk in the room and like walk toward them so they think it's uh esther like that now they've them creep themselves out that like you know the lady esther is uh coming to steal their souls or whatever the hell that you know they've them freak themselves out and then something like comes up in the sheet like you see it for a brief moment and then they scream and then you don't yeah. and then you don't see anything so then you know sister charlotte runs in like what the hell you know what the bloody hell go go to sleep you know even though she's not irish uh she's like <laughs> Uh, Latino or something, but we'll go with it. <laughs> Shiver me timber. <laughs> Lord bless, good Lord, get 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 the bed, little girls. <laughs> Sister Charlotte goes to get Esther uh, a glass of water because Samuel is left or whatever, or you know he's not there to uh, help her out. So he go, she goes in there to give her a glass of water, and this is where you kind of see she's got like a, a half mask thing going on, like Phantom of the Opera type, like half mask thing on her face. <laughs> Uh, like I, and like I said, for some reason, this has made her bedridden. But this is like your first glimpse of her. Uh, then Janice uh, has a picture. She finds a picture of B with the doll. Like, I guess this is a thing they did back in the day, right? Like, you take a picture of your kid with the fucking toy. I don't know. But <laughs> there's, a, like, one of, these, one of those weird old-timey pictures of, like, a kid sitting next to the doll and, like, not smiling. Um, she sees this and she takes it. And then as she's looking at it, um, she like goes to put it like underneath her pillow or something, and then she notices the fucking eyes of uh, B are glowing uh, when she like puts it in the dark. When she pulls it out, they're not glowing. Puts it under there, they're glowing. <laughs> Still not uh, uh, sufficiently freaked out enough. Then uh, you hear the uh, the song, the record, "You Are My Sunshine," playing in B's room again. So of course Janice goes in there once again. Like after I've seen what I've seen at this point, I ain't going back into that room. But for whatever reason, she's got, you know, a hard-on for going into this room. So when she hears the record play, she goes in there. And then, like, as she's looking around, Linda goes in there like, oh, shit, you know, like, you you found the, the jackpot. Like, we're not supposed to be in here. You know, that kind of thing. Um, she picks up this little, like, uh, this weird pop gun kind of thing. Like, you know, you stick a ball in there and then you you uh, pull the trigger or whatever and you make it pop out. And then it's got, like, a, a reel like a fishing uh, reel on it, and you kind of pull the ball back in. Um, Sorry, back in the kids, back in the 50s, were super lazy. They could just pop, shoot it, and you know, back in. Yeah. <laughs> it does two things, man. You get, a, you get a toy gun, and you get to work on your fishing. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Occasionally, you might catch something. Oh, she catches some shit already. <laughs> like a demon. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, so she, she takes this pop gun, and, and uh, the Annabelle doll is sitting on the bed, she pops it in the face, and it turns its head like, you know, when she hits it, it turns the doll's head to the right. Um, then they're talking to whatever, and then look back over there, and the head's looking at them. <laughs> like I said, I'm out, dude. Like, I've seen enough already, right? Like, I ain't hanging around. <laughs> Fuck this orphanage in this situation. I'm gone. Look, if, if you don't keep your mouth shut, they're, they're going to break us all up and send us all different ways. Yeah, it's better than being dead. I'm going to do yeah, it. It's better to be haunted by <laughs> demons. I'll just take my chances out in the fucking desert because it looks like this dude lives in the fucking desert. But anyways, yeah, so, like, they don't really react to that again. Like, they just kind of look at each other like, hmm? 
Uh, but Linda goes ahead and uh, she leaves out of the room, but Janice stays and she finds a diary. She's looking through it and it's, I guess it's the normal little kid stuff. Then there's some blank pages. Then there's one page that says, Dear Diary, today I came home. <laughs> and then the sla- <laughs> and then the door slams shut. And then there's like this uh, these little hand puppets. It's like a, its own little like little puppet theater thing, and there's a couple hand puppets. Yeah. They start moving around on like their a bunch own. Of Judy looking things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they start moving around on their own, and she goes over like, "Who's doing that?" And then she pulls them, and there's no one. There, there's nobody there. Then she turns around, and uh, she sees B. Like B is actually standing in the room, and she uh, she goes up to her and she asks, "What do you need?" And then she turns demon, "Your soul." You know, one of those <laughs> jump scare. <laughs> one of those jump scare moments, like fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's one of those jump scare moments, but when I saw it, dude, I fucking laughed out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a typical reaction of a demon, huh? <laughs> so stereotypical. What do you want? Your <laughs> soul. <laughs> and she's got like the black face with the like yellow eyes. Something else going to make you a sandwich. <laughs> I can handle that. You, you want a pop gun? It's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> I, I could take a nice mutton lettuce and tomato sandwich. <laughs> the mutton is oh, so, there you go. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> So she runs out of the room and she goes to the like the electric chairlift thing on the steps and of course it won't work. She realizes, oh shit, I gotta buckle it up for it to work. So it starts working and she goes slowly down the step. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it gets about halfway and then it stops and then starts going back up. And then you see like this weird like black smoke monster from that show Lost. It shows up uh, <laughs> and starts like creeping around up top. That, yeah, that's like as she's go, going down. Then as then it goes back up and she sits there and then she's just ejected, <laughs> like boosh <laughs> from the fucking chair. Yeah, when I saw that, that brought that also brought that meme to mind. I'm like, this thing blasts me up the fucking wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did. Like it launched her ass up, and then uh, you go to the first floor and then you see a fall, uh, 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 shoe or like a boot or whatever fall. <laughs> And then a few seconds later, she falls to the ground. I'm thinking she's dead, right? Like, well, fuck, that's the end of Janice. Um, but now apparently, <laughs> like, like... You know, of course, that thing blasted her into, I don't know, into some sort of... Into the, into the ghost world or something, because, you know, she <laughs> hasn't come down yet. The shoe comes down, and she's out <laughs> way up there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, when she comes down a couple seconds after the shoe, she was way the fuck up there, wherever she was. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, she was barely hurt by this. Um, I, I guess in a way, right? I mean, like at least not like you, that you could see very well. But uh, well, well, the impression to me was that she ended up being paralyzed, right? I think it's kind of what they alluded to, like because she comes back in a wheelchair, and then they're like, "Will she walk again?" It's like, "Well, you know, only time will tell," or you know, we don't know yet, or something like that. You know, so like it's not that's definitely possible. I guess maybe it fucked her back up or something. But uh, so yeah, I mean, it did a number on her, but I'm thinking she's dead. But now she's, you know, she's just in a wheelchair. Now she comes back and she's like, "I don't want to be here anymore. Like, oh, I want to leave." <laughs> Bitch, you should have said that like a day or two ago. <laughs> You're fucked. Before you got blasted up the wall. <laughs> yeah, before you got ejected out of that wheel, uh, that chair. <laughs> so Samuel is in the room with Esther, and uh, he's kind of questioning like whether it was an accident or not. Like, you know, maybe this wasn't, you know, with uh, the shit that's gone on. She's just like, no, you know, it's. It's been quiet all these 12 years, you know, so it's, hopefully it's not that, you know, that kind of thing. I see, you know, they know something wacky is afoot, but no one else knows. Yeah. Linda, the other girl, looks into the uh, keyhole of B's room, and then she sees the doll in a rocking chair rocking on its own. <laughs> and then kind of stands up like, huh, like, did I just see that? And then looks back in there. Or no, like, open. Okay. This happens, and then she opens the door. All right, now, if I look into a keyhole... Where I know no one's in there, 
and the fucking doll is in a chair rocking itself. I ain't opening the door. But she fucking opens the door. And, of course, there's no doll. The doll is gone. So then she's kind of sufficiently freaked by this. So she goes into the room and she's got that pop gun. And she's just sitting there, like, staring at the door, like, with the pop gun ready to go. And she kind of shoots the pop gun, like, reels it back in, loads it up, shoots it again. And then something grabs it. So now, like you said, she's working on her fishing. Uh, something grabs a hold of it, and she starts reeling. When she starts reeling it in, and it's tight, and then it goes from the like the floor, it starts going up, like way up to the top of the door. She hears something run at her. You don't see anything, but it's like, doo, 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 you know, runs at her real fast. <laughs> She's like, fuck, and she jumps up on the top bunk. Now that was a really cool sound effect. Like I don't know how yeah. you know oh, when yeah. you, when you guys were watching it, like you know how good your sound was, but that was a really good like, yeah. doo, 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 you know, like right at you. <laughs> You definitely yeah. had the feeling definitely something's wrong. Yeah, that in the theater, you, yeah, that, that, that got some people riled up in the theater. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So she gr- jumps up, uh, grabs, or gets on top the top bunk, and then puts the sheet over her head, of course. You know, the usual thing you do, like we've mentioned so many times on, on almost every episode of this uh, podcast. We're like, well, the, the only way to get out of this is to put the fucking sheet over your head. <laughs> so she does that number. She doesn't see it, but she hears something like get on the bunk bed, like bottom bunk. So she... Uh, doesn't like lean over and look on the side. She looks through like the crack, and all of a sudden, like Annabelle, the doll is staring at her. And then you see like this ghoul hand grab the doll and just like slide it away. Dude, I'm not looking over the side. I'm jumping off the other side of. It. I might even jump out the window <laughs> from the top bunk if I see a fucking ghoul hand <laughs> grab a doll and drag it away. But she just falls asleep, apparently. Maybe you're I guess you're just to assume that like she's so freaked out, like she just is paralyzed in place and then and then falls asleep. Yeah. Meanwhile the demon's just like, uh, uh she's too cute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't do this. I'm gonna hold on to a more convenient time for her. I'm gonna let her sleep it out. Yeah. Um it's no fun she, when they're not scared. So she wakes up the next morning and looks down there, and of course there's nothing. It's you know, it was, it was all in her head. So Janice is sitting outside in the wheelchair, like you know, Sister Charlotte brings her out, like ah, it's nice to be out in the sun, you know, it, it, this this feels pretty good. And all of a sudden something pushes the wheelchair, you know, shoves it kind of, and she's like, what the fuck? She's looking around. That'd be awesome if she said what the fuck, but she doesn't. <laughs> she <laughs> she looks around and then something like someone. Which I guess you're kind of led to assume because you only really see like the hands and the legs that it's Sister Charlotte pushing her like really fast down the hill and then just shoves shoves the wheelchair into the barn. I mean, you don't really know who it was and obviously it wasn't her, but kind of looks like it, right? So she's shoved into the barn and like the door shuts and like so she's kind of like, what? You know, she kind of drags herself because she can't walk and she hides and then uh, B appears. <laughs> B appears and grabs she a hold of her. She She can't hide, right? So she's crawling around. But just my thoughts on some, I would assume, somebody being paralyzed. The, the bottom half of their body's not doing much. But when she had to crawl backwards. Yeah, she's crawling. quick. <laughs> <laughs> then again, though, if you, if you, you know, even if your legs don't work, if a fucking demon's coming at you. I guess. You yeah. might figure it out real quick. But <laughs> regardless, yeah, I was kind of thinking the same way. Like, man, she's moving around pretty good for someone that can't move her legs. But she's kind of scurrying around. And she hides and then B, uh, B appears. And then, like, jumps on top of her, like, I guess kind of flips her over or whatever, and then just pukes in her mouth. Like, <laughs> All uh, uh, fucking drag me to hell style, you know, straight in the mouth. 
then uh, all the girls bust in, or and Sister Charlotte, maybe I can't recall, but they all bust in, and she, you know, oh, I'm fine, you know, like like I think she's even sitting back in the chair again, right? Like nothing happened, but obviously we know better. Something definitely has happened here. Um, and then Linda also senses something <laughs> different. You know, yeah, yeah. Immediately, like her friend Linda. Yeah, she's concerned yeah. and everything. And then, and then so uh, a little bit later on, she Linda actually tells Samuel about Janice and that she went into that room and that she found the doll and everything. He's like, "What? No, no. She's not. She wasn't supposed to go into that room. And that doll needs to stay right there." So he uh, immediately goes into the house and then you can hear a little girl singing, "You are my sunshine" somewhere in the house. So he kind of tracks it down, and he goes into, like, the dining room, you know, at the table there. And the doll, the Annabelle doll, is sitting at the table. And there's a note next to her that says, found you. And then Janice wheels in, stands up, right? So, obviously, you know something's fucking awry now, right? Uh, and then, like, she kind of steps into the shadows, and then her eyes are glowing. Just like the, the picture did earlier of uh, B. And uh, then she kind of starts, like, you, can, you don't see it happen, other than the glowing eyes, but she grows taller, right? You can hear like the snapping, like, and she grows, she grows like taller. She's a transformer. Yeah. Roll out. <laughs> Demons, roll out. Um. So like, yeah, she grows taller. Like you see the uh the the glowing eyes, and then like Samuel has like this little cross that he's been whittling. You know, he's been walking around like whittling for the last couple of days, and he holds it out, and then his fingers just start peeling backwards like one at a time like snap snap then uh from from off the cross so he's just like holding it there uh then you hear uh him scream and uh sister charlotte runs in and she finds him like dead like <laughs> it's like he just watched the ring video a few days ago and now <laughs> he's all grayed out and, and dead rigor mortis and rot has already set in he's like <laughs> Like, he's been dead for days. He's laying on the floor. Then I thought it was a cool little thing, too. Like, a little bit after that, like, uh, when everybody, you know, like, the ambulance comes and gets uh, Samuel and takes him off. And then, like, everybody's on the porch and they walk back in. Uh, Linda looks over and Janice is just sitting on the porch and she's holding the fucking doll. <laughs> so, uh, that night, uh, Linda, while uh, Janice is sleeping, she goes and takes the doll. And then she uh, runs out and, she, and then she ends up throwing it down the well. Like, Sister Charlotte comes out after her. Like, she sees her run out there and she's like, what are you doing? And then she throws the doll down the well. For whatever reason, uh, Linda decides to look down in the well. Like, I just want to make sure that doll is down there. And uh, something comes out of the well and grabs her. Like, ghoul hands grab her and try to pull her down. But Sister Charlotte is, is able to save her and then they kind of put the lid on there. <laughs> I think as they're running away, she's like, who was in there? She's like, I don't care. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only sensible remark so far. And then, of course, as they get back to the house, she's like, she pulls, like, she goes like, Janice, you're not going to believe she pulls back the sheets and the fucking doll is in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, when we watched Friday the 13th last, uh, last episode and uh, the axe was in, the bloody axe was in the bed and they didn't question it. <laughs> what is going on here? You got 99 more of these things now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 99's coming for you, motherfucker. <laughs> Turns out all this was just somebody playing a prank with these 99, these 100 dolls. Just p <laughs> placing them everywhere and just messing with these girls and so they can have the house for themselves. It's like a Scooby-Doo mystery. So then they uh, they take uh, the doll at that point. Oh, wait a minute. No, the, 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 okay, the doll is back in the, uh, the back in the house. Like, it's in the bed. And then they go, and uh, this is when uh, Esther Mullins kind of tells the origin of Anna, of the Annabelle doll, or the fact that it's in the doll. So, like, basically, it's like uh, 
they were distraught over losing their daughter, losing their daughter. So they prayed about it, and then eventually some spirit got in contact with them. It wanted to, I guess, basically they figured it was the spirit of of their daughter B, and it wanted to. It, it could be back with them if if it lived in the doll. So they get, they gave it permission to uh, live in the doll, and then shit started going evil. <laughs> it started going bad. So then they. Uh, and, and it, like, attacked her, right? Like, I guess they think it's the spirit of her, and then it ends up attacking Esther. And it, like, it paws her face. Like, I guess it, like, takes her eye out or some shit. And that's, this is why she's got the uh, doll face yeah, mask thing yeah. on. Like I said, getting back to, I don't understand why that made her bedridden. <laughs> I, I think maybe she was just using it as an excuse not to do any chores, you know. <laughs> Making Samuel carry all the heavy weight there, apparently. But apparently it, fact, it affected her in some ways, so she's bedridden, but... That's kind of the origin of where we're at. And then you also find out that their daughter's name wasn't necessarily B. I guess that's just what they called her. Her name was Annabelle. You know, they, I guess this is where you get the name. I, I assume this is where you get the name Annabelle, right? Like that little mm. girl, her name was Annabelle. So that, that's just what they call the doll, I guess. Yeah. So then uh, they just take the doll and they, and uh, back in the past, they sealed it in a closet, <laughs> like in a holy closet. Like he just tapes up a bunch of pages, pages of the of Bible. The Bible. <laughs> And, like, uses, like, the, the wax or whatever and just, like, tapes them up on the wall. And then they shut it up in there. Decoupage. Yeah, yeah, decoupage. <laughs> <laughs> so they decoupage a holy closet and, and they just lock her up in there. Like, that's just where we're going to leave her. And that's obviously where they found her. So then, uh, right after this, Janice comes up to Nancy and, like, has a knife or something and cuts her. But she comes up to the other girls and she cuts Nancy. Then they run off and then they find uh, Esther tore in half, like, nailed to the wall. Like, I guess they go into the room or something like that, and then they look up, and, like, uh, she's nailed to the wall like, by her hands, and she's dead, obviously, but she's been torn in half. Like, I guess the other part of her is still in the bed, and and the rest is just nailed up yeah. to the wall. So now it's officially like, it's officially on. That's definitely where it pushes that R rating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that for sure. <laughs> but now from this point forward, basically, everybody knows shit's going down now, right? Like, it ain't just, like, weird stuff happening anymore, like... This is a real threat, so now everybody's freaking out. out. So then Jan apparently, like, I guess Sister Charlotte comes to Janice, and, like, she's praying or whatever, and then you, you look down, and, like, uh, Sister Charlotte is levitating off the ground. Like, she's making her uh, float, and then she just slings her across the room into a mirror, like, you know, she, she's down. And then, uh, eventually, like, Linda's trying to get away, and then, like, she gets, like, taken down and dragged down a dark hallway, so you don't know where she went, and the other girls take off running. They go outside and, and get in a truck, and, of course, it's the old, the truck won't start bit. But the lights are flickering and you see a scarecrow and you kind of see the scarecrow move a little bit and then it's gone. They run, they get out of the truck and then they, uh, they go over to the, to the, the work shed, the barn. And, uh, they look in there and of course the fucking scarecrow that disappeared is in the barn now. And then, uh, Carol somehow like goes in there and gets locked in. So she's in there with it. Um, and then of course, like it starts to come to life. Like, uh, like you can see something kind of growing inside of it right like a hand pops out and like the face and everything yeah like those same demon hands that were like pulling linda trying to pull linda in the well and all that you see those what demon hands kind of come up and push out the skeleton or the uh scarecrow's fake mm -hmm. hand yeah it's like coming into the scarecrow basically and then it's making the light bulb there's like three or four like uh, uh lamps you know that are hanging from the ceiling in the in the workshop there and it's making the light bulbs unscrew and fall out and pop on the ground so like there's less less light less light no light you know and she manages to grab a, 
uh, ladder and jumps up like just in time to save the last light from going out. She grabs the light and and, and she acts like it's not burning her hand. <laughs> and then it takes her five minutes to screw <laughs> yeah, this fucking thing in too. Yeah. But basically, the girls kind of grab her like at the last minute, like this thing's coming for her, right? Like she she kind of hides around in there and then like she gets toward a window and the other girls manage to uh, pull her out of there and just in time. Then uh, you go back to Linda who got drugged down the hallway. She's now locked in a room. And then the same, I guess it's the same demons like crawling around toward her. And then uh, she jumps into the uh, dumbwaiter. And then uh, uh, she looks down and like Janice is after her, like coming up the, coming up the dumbwaiter or something. So she manages to get out of the dumbwaiter into another room. And she, I think she ends up in uh, B's room, right? Or Annabelle's room. And she, then she ends up hiding in the holy closet, which, you know, you would think would be a good idea, right? <laughs> like, well, I guess if there's one place that should be safe here, it's the old uh, decoupage holy closet. Um, but she, then she turns around and the fucking doll is sitting there. And then she, uh, she right, basically right at that same time, Janice finds her. Like she's, you know, around the house looking for her and then she finds her. Then Sister Charlotte comes in and basically just like, basically just pushes her into the closet, right? And then shuts it. And then you hear a scream. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the room just, and the house basically, but the whole thing starts going fucking nuts. Like stuff's flying all over the room, you know, that. That big dollhouse and everything, the shit's flying everywhere. And they go outside and, like, you know, the lights are blinking and shit. That stuff's blowing up. Then right, pretty much right after this, the cops arrive. <laughs> you ever notice in these movies, like, the cops always arrive, like, just as the shit when has gone like down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just as the shit has gone down. And then you wonder, like, who called the cops, right? <laughs> Why would the cops show up in this situation? Because I don't know if they showed any neighbors or anything around, right? Like, you know, how was that prompted? Yeah, I only know that there was a neighbor anywhere, was there? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, just out of nowhere, right? Well, I guess this is a situation for the cops, and they just decided to show up. But regardless, they show up as soon as the shit has gone down, and then, uh... They go in, go in and open up the closet, and Janice is not in there. Like now, there's like a hole, like busted or like scratched in. You know, like there's a hole there, so you assume that like, you know, she went out the hole, but like she's nowhere to be found. But the doll is still in there. So then I guess you know the next day they call in Father Massey, and uh, he comes in and blesses the house and blesses the doll. And says, <laughs> like uh, whatever evil was inside this doll should be gone now. So uh, which one of you girls want it? <laughs> And he just kind of holds it up, and then it cuts to them, like, all throwing it in the trunk, like, get it the fuck out of here, dude. Basically, like, nope, nope, we're not touching that. And then they uh, they all leave the house. That's pretty much the end of their story, right? You know, they leave out, like, whatever you saw there, that wasn't uh, Janice, is what uh, Sister Charlotte tells Linda. Then you uh, cut to an orphanage somewhere. The Higgins family show up, and they decide to adopt young Janice, but she calls herself Annabelle. And then it says, 12 years later, older Janice comes into the room, and then, like, the dad's like, what the hell? And then she comes in with some other dude, and then she slices her dad's throat. And then it cuts over to the next, the house next door, and it's Mia, the girl from the first Annabelle movie. Mm. And then uh, she hears this, and, and, and then you see her husband, John, go out like he's going over to the house. And then credits. And then there's one little slight, I wouldn't necessarily say it a cut scene, but like right after the initial credits, you see Annabelle sitting in that closet. For like it, what feels like you know five minutes, you're just sitting there in basically total silence. Then I think the doll's head kind of moves a little bit, but you hear that music box like doo 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 doo, you know yeah. that you. I think that you've kind of heard that tune in the other Conjuring movies uh, a little bit, and then it kind of turns a little bit, and then it cuts to the rest of the credits. There you have it, 2017's Annabelle creation. What did you guys think of the end there? How it tied into the first Annabelle movie? Yeah, I thought that was an appropriate way of doing it. it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was really smooth. 
did you did i mean obviously you wouldn't see that coming you know you know i thought when i first saw it i was like oh shit you know it took me a minute to kind of like wait a minute this you know when you see the uh the older i don't necessarily i didn't necessarily connect it at first like you know this is this this couple adopts janice right and then like you know you're 12 years later now she's older and she comes into the room i'm like this looks familiar. Oh shit! You know, it takes me a second, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh damn! Yeah. Now I remember. You know, was uh, Will? This is the first time you saw it. Was that kind of the way it was? Like you didn't really connect the dots, and then oh shit! Or had you kind of? Yeah. 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 I thought it was a really effective way to tie it together. Like, like we said, oh, this yeah. is a prequel to a prequel kind of thing. So it's like you know, it, it's a weird way of telling the story, but it's still pretty cool. You know, it's it's effective in some yeah, ways. There was no way they could have telegraphed that either. <laughs> I mean, there was no. No, no. There's nothing in your put in your mind that. This is how it's going to link, you know. I mean, of course, you get the nun thing. You you know, you get an inkling of that because, you, you know, as far as them showing the photograph that, okay, this is carrying on that story. Somewhere along the way, the nun's going to probably, you know, it's going to be maybe not in this movie, but we'll pop back up. But, yeah, you never, ever let on that it was going to tie into the first Annabelle that way. You'd hate to be in the theater with someone that, for whatever reason, goes and sees this movie that hasn't seen the first Annabelle. And be like, what the fuck did that mean? Oh, I don't yeah. understand what happened there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you asshole. Go see the first movie. What's wrong with you? Why are you coming in here and seeing the fourth movie of these movies and the second of a a prequel and then trying to, uh, you know... Uh, piece it not, together. Yeah, piece it together and not understand what the hell's going on. Um, well, it was a prequel, man. I thought I could watch this and then go into the next yeah. one. Shit. I'm an asshole. <laughs> so there you go. He's a guy that watches, you know... Star Wars Episode One first, right? Yeah. Now. Oh, that again. <laughs> All right. So uh, we do the old star rating. Um, Will, where did you land on this one? Uh, I give it a four. Uh, pretty, pretty good flick. You know, it, it obviously you know ties into the first one very smoothly. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was pretty good. How about you, Smoke? Um, yeah, like I said, this is the third time I've seen it. And, yeah, I think I gave the first Annabelle maybe two and a half stars, and which doesn't mean that I hated it or anything. It's just uh, uh, you know, I thought it was a good movie. I mean, not great for me, but then uh, this one I thought I liked it even I liked it better than the first Annabelle. Uh, I go with three stars on this one, and I think it, uh, you know, storyline storyline wise, it ties everything up nicely, and uh, or leading into the first Annabelle movie like we just discussed. And uh, I think you see a little bit more of, you know, the first Annabelle movie. It, it was it was subtle, which is fine. It plays on that, you know, you don't see the doll as much I think as you do in this one. And of course, you're never going to see the doll move because it's not trying to be, you know, it's not child's play or anything. So uh, you're not going to see the doll. But it's not like a killer doll movie or anything. But you do get more, I think, of Annabelle, you know, being here, being there, showing, you know, the rocking chair, the different aspects of the doll. I think appears more in this one than it did in even the first movie. So yeah, I think I read. Uh, yeah, some, I, like it, I, like it. I think I read somewhere where like the director like accepted the challenge of the fact that like you know this wasn't this was an an inanimate object, right? Like it's not a mobile. Yeah. It's not like Chucky. Like you said, you know, it's yeah. not like a mobile doll that's running around killing people. Yeah. So, like, he wanted to find more interesting ways to kind of work around that, you know, with, like, yeah, I guess... I think like, that was some of the disappointment, right, with some people who, you know, didn't maybe get the whole Conjuring Universe aspect of the first time, the first Annabelle movie. They were expecting it to be something like Child's Play, to where it is a killer doll, you know, and, they, and I know there was some backlash and disappointment there, uh, but that's just people not getting the Conjuring Universe. And the fact that it's based on a true story, and the true story, because, you know, if you read those that family with the doll that had the original Annabelle doll, they never saw the doll move anywhere. It would just be here or be there where it wasn't there before. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, the way they did it with, like, the sheet and, uh, 
I guess like the kind of like the little girl running around in the background and then like, you know, then he turn around and it's the doll, that kind of thing, you know. Yes. So I thought it was an interesting way of kind of making it move, but it's not really moving, you know. Yes. That, I think that's one thing they definitely do well in the Conjuring movies so far, you know, as we've been watching these along is uh, that, little, oh, yeah. that little bit of sleight of hand or, or kind of shit going on in the background. Like, what did I just see? You know, that, you know, you question things and you, you pay more attention. Yeah, that corner of the eye type thing. Yeah, you have to kind of lean in, you know, so they can so they can scare you with the sound and everything like that. I think it's something they they do very well in these movies. But uh, I mean, they play on people's real fears or actual fears of things, you know, like like it is that corner. Like whenever you walk in a room or something, you, maybe out of the corner of your eye, I think you see something in the shadow or whatever it is. I think they I think it amplifies that type of fear. It's like more the, than just in your face. Although there is some in your face type stuff, you know, like oh your soul, you know that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. In your, in your I want your soul. Scares here and there, but for the, <laughs> but for the most part, yeah, I think it's like it plays with your fear subtly. Yeah, it's like that old thing, like you know, when you're younger, or you know, anytime really, when you're you're alone in the house for whatever reason, you get the the heebie-jeebies. Is the only way I can phrase it. Like yeah. you get, you feel like damn, like you know, you just feel weird. Like there's like someone's in there yeah. or something like that. And I, I, when I was growing up, they used to always say it was the devil chasing you, right? Like. <laughs> If you like, I gotta get the fuck out of this room, you know, for no reason at all. Like, I gotta get out of here, you know, or I gotta run yeah. down this hallway for yeah, no it's reason. It's that cold fear for no reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that, you know. They kind of play off of that a good bit in these movies. And the under the sheet thing—that's always been that, you know, it's kids' folklore and adults' folklore for some people. It's like some people have to sleep with a, a blanket or sheet over every part of them. Like they can't have their leg hanging over, or you know, something might get them. Yeah, something's gonna <laughs> so grab you. So kind of plays on that too, with the under the sheet type thing. Yeah. <laughs> If there's any truth to that, I'm screwed because I usually kick that fucker off in the night, mo- most nights. Yeah, so. yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to get got by a demon one of these days, apparently. Yeah. For me, I'm going to give this three and a half stars. I, I, I definitely like this one just a little bit more than the first Annabelle movie. Um, I think what they did well in this movie, you know, they did better than some of the things that they did well in the first Annabelle movie, if that makes sense. I didn't like this one quite as much as the first two Conjuring movies. That being said, I mean, I still definitely enjoyed it. So um, I think uh, overall, obviously, all three of our scores, you know, I think we, we all give it a, a high grade, and we definitely recommend you watching it. Will, were you able to do the uh, the death count in this one? Well, by my count, I counted five. Okay. But that's going to be counting the Higgins family at the end, which you only see the dad. You... I just went ahead and counted the mom as well. Yeah, you can, yeah if you've seen the first one, you kind of know what's coming, so I guess you can kind of count it. Yeah, but uh, the original family, so the daughter gets hit by the car, yeah. both parents die later on in the movie, and then the Higgins family. Mm-hmm. It is kind of weak that at least one of those girls didn't get didn't get it, right? Like <laughs> You're thinking like at least one of the two troll girls, you know, the older ones, uh, Carol and Nancy, you, you figure at least one of them's getting it, right? Especially like the lead bitch, uh, I think her uh, it was Carol. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're thinking like at some point in here, right? She's got to get it. Gonna, yeah, she'll get come up, come up into some kind. Of... Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, I haven't seen all of these, but it is starting to become kind of like a running theme in these movies. Well, you know, these aren't necessarily kill count, body stacking slasher type movies either, right? Like they're not, yeah. maybe not necessarily this one, but they're they are supposed to be kind of based on true stories, right? So like. Yes, you know, somewhat, yeah. your body count's probably not going to be extremely high, you know, in in reality. And frankly, they've probably in any of these they've probably added more to it, right? You know, like they yeah. ha- they had to over dramatize <laughs> it, so they've probably added a few people in there just to kill them, you know. So <laughs> so there yeah. are a couple people that get it. <laughs> but smoke, did you come up with the, uh, the the old gore score for this one? Yeah, yeah, I would say uh, I would put this one at a four. I would think, and I would say most of that 
at least three of that four coming coming from the uh, bisected mother, you know, when she's hanging crucified on the wall by yeah. the, uh, the crosses, and you, know, you see her entrails basically hanging out, and the rest of her body's gone. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the most most of it right there. And then the other the other would be, I guess, like uh, when his fingers get bent back. That's pretty excruciatingly painful, yeah. and not necessarily gore. I mean, there is some blood, and I think of the bones. It's, Wait, you see it happen? So that's pretty that. fucked up. Yeah, so yeah. it adds to it. Yeah, yeah, and it's, <laughs> it definitely adds to that. You you feel that agony. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Anytime you ever, if you ever bent your finger backwards by accident a little bit too far or whatever. <laughs> yeah, feel that pain. Uh, and then uh, maybe you know the the uh, Annabelle, the human Annabelle. Yeah. Be whatever you want to say. You know, however you want to. Kind of lean in, get scoops, getting scooped up by the truck. Yeah, that, and then also then puking into uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the character's mouth. You know, when she basically releases the demon into her yeah even though it's not puke i mean you see it as this black gunk that you know is the demon or whatever yeah yeah so uh yeah those, i think all those things it's not an overly gory movie it's not supposed to be but i think there's a little bit more of that in this one than there are in some of the others so yeah i would say i would go with a four i would think i think it's fair well i guess uh before we go into what we're going to watch in the next episode was there anything else you guys wanted to put a big bow on this one with i mean any other comments or anything else you wanted to kind of add there well i don't know if uh y'all watch uh westworld but uh, yet, i but believe I... I... I'm, I believe I read somewhere in there that that's the same house that Dolores lives in. Yeah, in I could, Westworld. Yeah, I mean, because like I, I'm just thinking that I can't really picture the house right away, but it makes sense because like the landscape looks about the same, you yeah. know, like the old west looking kind of uh, thing in Westworld. So that yeah, that definitely makes sense. That's a great show, by the way. I'm on like the second season. I, I still got a lot to catch up, but uh, that's a great show. Just to add before we yeah, go. I, I, I think uh, we got the first season on DVD or Blu-ray, whatever. Yeah, it, it's but definitely yeah, worth to sit down and watch. I mean, like you really got to pay attention to stuff, though. It's not like uh, one of those shows you can have playing in the background. You really got to, you know, pay attention to what's going on. But it's it's really well done. It's a great show. So I guess with that, uh, uh, we'll go into what we're going to watch the, uh, for the next episode. We're going to take a trip back to the 90s we haven't done a lot of 90s movies for whatever reason it's just kind of fell that way here on the spook show but uh we're going to go back to 1995 and we're going to do one of our personal favorites i'm sure all th- i know all three of us have seen and enjoyed we're going to watch tales from the hood on imdb the synopsis for this movie is a funeral director tells four strange tales of horror with an african-american focus to three drug dealers he traps in his place of business. I think it's 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 got a pretty great cast, you know, of people in it. So that is what we will be watching next time. Like I said, we've we've all we've all seen that, right? I wasn't overstepping. Oh. Uh, yeah, we've we've all seen this. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's done it's done well, and and there's definitely some comedy to it, you know, as well too. So we can have a little bit of fun with that. So uh, I guess for uh, Will and the Professor Smoke, I'm Josh. We are the All American Spook Show podcast. Come back and listen to episode 32. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Everything we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. So uh, peace out. Later on. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. Come back next time for an all new All American Spook Show podcast. Thank <laughs> you.